episode, we talk about leadership from a young person's perspective. Lorraine Nguyenwa is a sought-after speaker, has had a board of director role for three years, was on the Youth Advisory Committee for the Centre for Multicultural Youth, and based on her experience struggling to find work after university, she started her own business to address the issue of youth unemployment. She operates on two levels. One, as an advocate when she's speaking to business and government, advising them on how to address youth unemployment from a young person's perspective. And she works with young people directly on ways to prepare yourself to join the workforce of today. She also speaks in schools and facilitates events and forums like the recent Mayan event Fuse. Through her business, Useful Link, there's a series of workshops coming up near the University of Melbourne to provide practical advice to prepare for entering the job market. In our interview, she talks about the realities of finding work these days compared to our parents, what adults can do to work with young people more effectively, and what you can do if you're a young person struggling to make your way in the world. If you're just starting your career, you're working with young people, or are someone that has something to offer to young people, you'll find her advice quite interesting. Let's have a listen. I'd like to welcome Lorraine Niguenya to Tall Poppy. Thank you. So Lorraine and I know each other from a program called Enterprising Tarnate, and um, I've been aware of Lorraine's um, work and her business through that, and I thought it would be a great idea to um, have her on the podcast just to tell us a little bit about who she is, what she does, and just for us to have a conversation about leadership, because I think that's that's um, going to have some really interesting juicy stuff so Lorraine tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're from and then we'll start talking a bit more about um what you're doing now sure um so I am 27 years old and I am originally from Zimbabwe I moved here to Australia with my family when I was 14 and yeah did most of my high school here university and yeah then went on to start a business later on after a few things on the way yeah so that's about it in a nutshell correct and so um it sounds like you've done a fair bit like leadership sort of seems to be the trajectory that your your life is taking so can you tell us a little bit about some of the um the the roles that you've taken up and the things that you've been doing that um that people you know would identify as as leadership yeah um so from a young age, uh, I was very involved and I am still very involved in my church. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much, I guess, where it all started. So, you yeah. know, being the lead person singing at the front or leading the youth team and so forth. Um, so much so that I'm, I'm actually a part of the board of directors for the Seventh Adventist Church. Um, the young and how person. long is that? How long have you been a, a board member? Um, it's three years now. And we're going, wow. yeah, so this is my fourth year. So this is the final year because it's a four-year term. And okay, um, yeah, and then I've, you know, done other things outside the church. So like being the youth, being part of the youth advisory group for Center for Multicultural Youth. Um, and what and, yeah. does that involve? Um, so that's pretty much, I guess, advising um, the organization on the needs of young people. So there's like a group of us. Um, who would ish, like mm-hmm. be doing that? So maybe I think it's ten, um, and you have meetings every month. And, you know, would go in, and I guess there'd be a particular agenda that we're looking into, and um, yeah, we just talk about I guess issues that young people are facing around that issue. Sometimes plan programs um, for specific groups, um, but also like 
um, I guess, talk to people in government about the issues that young people are facing so that, you know, they consider that uh, within their policies. So tell me a little bit more about what is it this is like for you as someone, you know, reasonably young. Usually leadership seems to be something that happens a little bit later in, in life, but you've, you've been taking leadership roles from a young age. So tell me a little bit about what leadership means to you and, and how you experience it. I think over the past maybe two years, um, leadership has stopped being about being the person at the front, like, you know, like being the head of everything. But for me now, leadership is definitely about getting my hands dirty. So Mm -hmm. um, more so like, you know, yes, I may lead whatever that looks like to other people, but really, you know, getting in there and being a part of the movement, being a part of the change and doing you know, the tasks that my team is doing as well, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, But also for me, um, leadership for me has definitely been about being open about the times when I actually don't know, you know, when I say, you know what, Mm -hmm. I'm not too sure what's going on here. Um, And I'll say that I've learned that about leadership from being a part of, I guess, the board of directors or being a part of the youth advisory group. Because when I see, I guess, people who are, who have way more life experience than me and, you know, they've done so much more, they know so much more. When I hear them saying, you know what, um, I need to look into that, I'm not too sure, or can someone please explain what ABCD is? It mm-hmm. makes me feel like it's okay for me not to know everything. Being a leader doesn't mean I have the answers to everything. So that's definitely something I've learned about leadership in the last few years. Fabulous. So tell us a bit about your um, experience around public speaking and how how that kind of happened. Yeah, so I've, you know, once again, within my church, you know, it's been standing in front of people for a long time. And um, I guess, yeah, speaking in front of people, I guess that's where um, some of the experience came from. But also within these leadership roles, um, I've been required to, you know, uh, present on something or... um, you know, present something to anybody, whether it's the, you know, whether it's government, whether it's um, other stakeholders, whether it's young people. So I guess that's really um, where my experience comes from. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just, I guess I've gotten used to being on stage and I'm not afraid to kind of do that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So you're quite comfortable speaking in front of people and that, yeah. that came as a result of your experience in your church. And then mm. what happened to, to sort of have you move out of that space? Sorry? What, so I remember reading on your website about um, you were asked to uh, present, was it to a local council about um, uh, around employment uh, yes. experiences? Yes. So, yeah, can you tell us that story? Yeah, so as a, a, a part of the youth advisory group, obviously, you know, we met a lot of different people and um, there was a young lady who was studying photography and she was doing a project um, and that project ended up being recognised by an, an organisation called um, Ina Northern Len, so Learning and Education Network. Mm-hmm. And... When they, um, so what she was doing is she was interviewing different young people and their experiences of employment. And because I'd been in the mud with that situation, I'd finished my degree and I wasn't able to get a job and it was really, really stressful for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And I guess, you know, quite a few people knew about that. And then, you know, I then started getting involved um, to try and get experience. Um, She asked to interview me 
um, okay. for this project. So uh, once that happened, um, because the project was then recognized, they then asked her, you know, um, for one of the young people to come and speak at their event to talk about oh, okay. their experience. And she mm-hmm. um, she suggested that I do it. Mm-hmm. So I guess, yeah, that's that's probably the first time I really started talking publicly about my thoughts on employment, my experiences, and I guess what I think young people are going through and ways that we can try and help that. And is, is that sort of how you um, got motivated to do a bit more work to like to start your own business around that as well? Oh, definitely, definitely. I think being a part of the youth advisory group really um, not only was obviously like I wasn't only speaking to businesses or government, I was also talking to young people, other young people and mm-hmm. finding out, you know, what are the issues that they're facing. And it was very evident that youth unemployment was high for everybody. Mm. And I, it's it frustrated me, actually. <laughs> I started wondering, I'm like, if this is the case, why are we not being told this? Why is this right. not something that we're being told at in high school or something that we're being told at university so that, you know, you move forward knowing that, okay, there's this issue and how do we deal with it? So mm. I guess, um, yeah, that's, that's how I started my business. It was actually out of frustration. So can you say a little bit about more about your own experience? Was it you had finished your master's and you were looking for work? Is that, no, is that so what I had finished my undergrad at okay. La Trobe University yeah, I studied public health at the end of 2013, and you know I was so excited. I'm just like, finally, everything's going to work out. I'm going to be an adult. This is going to be great. And um, started applying for jobs pretty much even way before graduation. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't getting any responses, or sometimes you know, once in a while you get the rejection, but sometimes it was just quiet. Yeah. And um, eight months after I'd finished my degree, so this is now August of the next year. Mm-hmm. I was still sitting at home and I was just not coping well with it. Um, And I didn't understand why, like what was going on? You know what I mean? Was it my resume? Mm -hmm. And, you know, people kept asking, are you sure you're applying? And that was frustrating (laughs) me even more because it's just like, hello, I'm the one in this situation. You do realize that, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I decided to, I needed a break. So I decided to go to South Korea and teach English for five months. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that like? It was brilliant. I think yeah. it was it was good for me because I needed some time to be alone and to think. Mm. That's that's what it did for me. It gave me time to make my own decisions and follow through with them, despite what other people were saying or what other people were thinking. And also, it was important that I had something to do. It was great that I woke up and I went to work, you know, to teach English and came back home. You know what I mean? Just that. Thing of having something to do because I'd been sitting for eight months just applying for jobs and doing nothing mm-hmm. else. Um, yeah. So what happened when you came back? When I came back, I decided I'd applied to do my master's in international and community development while I was still in Korea. So when I got okay. in after my five months, I came back and I decided that I wanted to um, do this master's. But because now I was, I was aware of these issues that, you know, young people were having, I knew that Mm -hmm. I had to get my foot in the door really quickly. Mm -hmm. So um, pretty much the next day, I I mean, I landed in Melbourne in, I think it was on the 1st of March or something. And the next day I was at an interview for the youth advisory group. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because I I mean, you know, I wanted to get my foot in the door really soon. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, I went and I, and I did that. But in doing that, I started getting involved in other things. And I met lots of people who mentored me, um, who taught me a lot. I mean, I got to see and find out what businesses were actually looking for within the employment okay. world and all of that. So I really so what learned did you learn when what did you time. learn about what, what employers are looking for? Definitely experience is a very big deal. But I think more importantly than experience, what's an even bigger deal is transferable skills. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, gone are the days where you just have one job for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, um, so it's it's really important that, you know, as young people get out of university, you don't only have a degree. That's great. But what else can you offer? And it's it's mm. not just experience in one area. It's knowing how to transfer those skills. If anything, employers want want people who are more innovative, people who have presentation skills. You need to be good with technology. And it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you're going to use all those things in mm-hmm. your position, but you may be required to do things that are outside of the norm within, I guess, that particular job. And it's important that young people are aware of things like that and that they're trying to get those skills while they're at university and not trying to hope that something will come up afterwards because Mm. it's rough. Yeah. It's really tough out there. So tell me a bit about what your business is and how it's addressing those issues. Yeah. So, um, the name of my business is useful link. Um, and essentially what I do is I run workshops, um, to upskill young people, So it's mainly to do around, you know, employment, because I guess that's what I care about the most. Mm -hmm. Um, So I run workshops on how to, you know, how they can get skills. And obviously, you know, the usual resume writing, interview skills, but also, you know, personal development, leadership, those kind of things. Um, I also run workshops on like, you know, just other things like, you know, how to manage your time better, how to, you know, set goals and achieve them. Um, I've got someone who also runs workshops for me in terms of superannuation. And what does, what okay. does that actually mean? Mm. A lot of people have no idea. Yeah, absolutely. Why, That's a great that idea. Important and, and all of that. So I guess it's, it's a wide range of things, but it's mainly in that employment um, type space, employment leadership advocacy type space. I also mm. then um, talk to government um, and I guess try and advocate for young people, whether it's within their policies. I was talk to businesses to try and have entry level jobs or give people experience. Um, yeah, so essentially, yeah, that's what I do. And so, tell me about the workshops that you've got coming up. Yes, so February twenty to twenty one, um, running uh, four workshops for university students, and mm-hmm. it's really about how to make your time at university worthwhile. It's, it's great right. for you to have a degree. It's great for you to go to class and leave. But what else do you have to offer the employment world? Um, gotcha. So, yeah, so I'm pretty much running four workshops. Um, one is on taking on opportunities while you're at university. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll be talking about, you know, what employers are looking for and how to make sure that, you know, you're looking to find the skills that they're after. Otherwise, you just come out with a paper. Yeah. Uh, I'll also be having a networking session where I've actually got other guests coming, um, people who are in different industries coming to talk about their experience with, I guess, their career as well as networking, but also okay. just, you know, to talk to young people about, you know, I guess where they're at, um, advice, mm-hmm. and to kind of put to, 
to test those principles I'll have just spoken to them about. They get to put that to test and actually use those to talk to the people in the room. Um, and then my other two workshops are really to do more so with time management and goal setting. Those are skills oh, okay. that you need throughout your life. It's not just about uni. It's about throughout. So, so yeah. So you can attend all four or yes. just one? How does, how does it work? You can attend all four. You can attend one. Whatever works best for you, I guess, and your time and also your needs. So maybe you yeah. already um, you already feel like you know enough about one area um, and you only want to attend some. So, yeah, it's it's really up to you. Awesome. And who's who's it for? Like who's the, the – like if, if someone's sitting there going, I wonder if I should – check this out who is the sort of ideal person that you're you're aiming this for towards um so i'd say i'm definitely aiming for people who are just about to go into university or people who are in university so because i mean i'm really talking about how to make that time worthwhile but also like i mean these workshops that are not necessarily only for that so time management and goal setting is a workshop that anybody can attend Mm. that's not you know only for university students if that makes sense yeah, but the, uh, yeah. the first workshop, definitely about opportunities. I'm really focusing on your time at uni and how to maximize while you're there. Because at university, you've already got a lot of links. You've already got a lot of networks. You just don't realize who they are. Mm, you just yeah, that's take, a good point. Yeah, you just don't take it seriously. You just go to class and you leave. So, yeah, that yeah. one is definitely for uni students. But the other three, I think any young person really could benefit from that. Mm. So just – Based on on your experience of talking to young people about um, their you know struggles to find work and and that type of thing, what what do you see are the the key issues that um, that young people are facing in terms of employment post education? Um, I think one of the key issues is that sometimes they actually don't know that this is the way things are now. Like you know, when my parents finished uni, it was. You know, you finish uni and you get into the job. It was really that mm-hmm. simple. But now there's so many of us who, you know, who have that degree and who have that paper and, you know, the economy is different. And mm. I think it's just not being aware. And if you're not aware, then you're not prepared. Mm. And I think an- another thing is um, when we're not aware and not prepared, then we actually then struggle to find the drive to keep fighting because you're just like, well, why isn't mm. the system fixing it? You know, it's yeah. not our fault. but. It's just that whole thing that, you know, we can't, we can't sit and wait for that, you know. We have yeah. to be proactive and think, okay, what is it that we actually already have now and how can we work around this? You know, of mm. course, while we fight, you know, for the system to do as much as it can or for businesses to do what they can, government to do what they can, what is it that we need to be doing as well at this time? Right. Yeah, I remember when I finished university and, you know, getting advice that, well, actually, no, it was before I went into university hearing, you know, the jobs are going to be very different by the time you finish. So you might as well study something that you love. And and I did. And I was really lucky to get work in my field. But, you know, uh, it was uh, a lot of my friends were, you know, had were very qualified, had, you know, had their degrees, but ended up, you know, waiting tables, serving mm-hmm. coffee and um, or just not finding work. And, and yeah, that can be really, really um, demoralizing. Yes. And, you know, even in, in the time since then that I've, I've looked for work and had, you know, big chunks of time where, um, yeah, putting stuff out there and, and, you know, sometimes you don't even get a response to, yeah. to your job applications and, and that can... 
Yeah. So how, how do you, um, what kind of advice do you have for people who might be in that space of, you know, looking for work or heading towards the end of their degree and starting to freak out a little bit? Um, I would say something that's really helped me really, really big, find a mentor. Ah, there are more about that. Yeah. Like, like I love, I love everything to do with mentorship because for me, mentorship is really just about speaking to someone who's been where you're headed or been where you are. And they just pretty much share, you know, their lessons, what they found, how they got through so that you don't have to navigate this time on your own. And that's really, really big. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. um, I, had, I was talking to one of my friends the other day and, you know, she wants to um, be a family therapist. And I was saying to her, oh, you know, like don't just go and pick a degree just because you think that's what it's going to be. Talk to someone who is a family therapist. Find out, right. you know, where did they start? How have they now, you know, managed to get to this point? Because, you know, it might not be what you think it is. You know what I mean? Mm, There's quite yeah, a few absolutely. ways to get to the same place. Yeah, I was in my early, early days, of I was coaching um, someone on a program who was in school to be a paramedic and he was setting up programs to um, help people, you know, get a real uh an experience of the job before they actually, you know, so, so that uh, he, he, one thing he did was he set up a, a, an experience for people to um, be exposed to a cadaver. So mm-hmm. they were in the morgue being able to see what a, a dead body looked like before mm-hmm. they, you know, got to their job. Mm-hmm. So they didn't freak out on their first time yeah. actually experiencing it in the workplace, which I thought was fantastic just to be able to, you know, help people understand this is what the reality is. Mm. If this is not something you're comfortable with, you might want to rethink your studies. <laughs> and that's so true. Like it's it's really like that basic. And I think for me, even with my business, when I finally got a mentor for my business, like I've worked better. You know, my business works better. Even, you know, my time management is better because I've got someone who's saying, you know, have you thought about this? Sometimes your mentor just needs to ask you questions. They don't even have Mm. to necessarily tell you what to do because that's not necessarily what I'm saying. But it's just, have you thought about this? Because they've been in a space that you're trying to get into or that you're already in, they've seen things maybe that you haven't seen or they've, you know, experienced things that you haven't experienced. And sometimes it's just about them asking you questions. Have you thought about this? Have you considered this? But what about that? So I'd Mm. say, yeah, mentorship is is right at the top of my you know everybody needs this list you know and yeah so I'd say definitely mentorship for people who are um towards that space in life but also Mm -hmm. try and find experiences and skills in the none you know in in the ways that are not the usual so you know a lot of people would think that yes I need to have a, a paying job for a certain amount of time to get this experience or whatever it is But that's Mm -hmm. not necessarily the case. There's other ways to try and get experience. Um, Obviously, you have to be smart about it. But, you know, it's still experience and it's still valid. So, Mm. yeah, that's that's what I'd say. So I want to go back to mentorship for a moment. What what advice do you have for people who are looking for a mentor or, you know, when when someone goes, okay, well, I need a mentor. Mm -hmm. How do I go about doing that? What would you suggest? Um, I would say that. Start looking around in the circle of people that you already know. Mm. 
because I think sometimes we think mentors and we think like some person somewhere, you know, some distant something. But there's people, um, you know, maybe in your life who have experiences that you've never known about because you just don't simply ask, mm-hmm. you know. So I'd say that's probably the first stage. Um, yeah. But also um, I'd say when you're looking for a mentor, I look at, you know, what is it that this person has done that I also want to achieve? Mm-hmm. Right. So if um, if this person is, let's say, you know, I want to be the CEO of some company someday, then, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm thinking, okay, who are the people that I know who are CEOs? You know, what do I know about them? What do I know about the character? How much time do they have? That kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. So, you know, be very specific. What is it that you see in this person that they've done that you want to be able to achieve as well? Excellent. Mm -hmm. Um, any other advice you have for people that are um, either in university or um, doing some kind of studying and looking at uh, what, how the next stage of their their uh, career is going to pan out? Get in touch with Lorraine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. So what, what's, um, what's your website? My website is www.lorrainenguena.com. That probably is a bit difficult to spell. So I'd I'll, I'll say, include it in the show notes. Yeah, but I mean, like, easiest thing is go on Facebook and find a useful link. Our Facebook page has all the details. So Ah, oh, there we go. Great. That's easier to spell. <laughs> Good <Yeah>. stuff. <laughs> okay. So for those who may not be in a, a situation where they're, they're a student, um, but they've got an idea or something they want to put out into the world, but are feeling a little bit reluctant and, or want to sort of step up their leadership, what advice do you have for them? I'll still say mentorship. <laughs> yeah. Like I can't, I can't stress that enough. Um, mentorship is important, but also, I mean, I've had a few people, you know, give me a call and say, oh, you know, I'm trying to start this. What do you think of that? And that whole thing, it may not even be that, you know, they're looking for me to be to be their mentor, but they recognize that, you know, okay, Lorraine's kind of done this. So maybe I can ask her, you know, what she thinks Mm -hmm. about this or, you know, how I can start this and and so forth and so on. So I'd say, yeah, you can start by talking to someone else, but also sometimes it's really about just taking courage and doing it Mm. like, yeah. A lot of people have asked me, you know, oh, you, you must be so fearless, you know. I freak out. I freak out <laughs> all the time, you know what I mean? The day that mm-hmm. I launched my workshops, um, you, know, the, you know, the first time I pick up the phone and I call a new client or, or whatever it is, it's just that whole like, you know, what if I get rejected? It's still there, but you just mm. take courage and you do it. Yeah, brilliant. And yeah, that's, that's really important. Otherwise we'll, we'll never do anything. Yeah. Mm. It reminds me of, um, I was speaking to Jessica Watson and that my podcast with her, one of the things that she really, uh, emphasized was that people love to help. Mm. So to ask, you know, to, to be able to just ask for help and, and to know that people do actually want to help. It's not that, you know, you're an inconvenience necessarily. It's, mm. it's, you know, yeah, people love getting involved in supporting, especially young people, I think, you know, mm. yeah. And it can be hard. It can be hard to ask for help and it can be hard to, to, you know, put that fear and, and, you know, con- all that confronting stuff aside. But, um, you know, that's, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. And if you, if you never ask, then you'll never actually know whether people were willing or not. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, when I've had, uh, um, I said, you know, in my networking workshop, 
I've had to ask people who have busy lives to take time out of their day to come to the workshop. Mm. If I'd never asked, I'd have never known whether these people would have been happy to do so, you Mm. know? So, yeah, just take courage and do it. So just before we finish, I want to just ask a, another question about um, your perspective on youth leadership. So mm-hmm. like I said before, there's this idea that leadership often happens later in life, but I think that there's a lot of um, leadership that exists within the younger generations that we just don't tap into. So I'm curious about your thoughts on that. Um, I think um, when it comes to, I guess, maybe organizations uh, who are interested mm-hmm. in you know, young people to maybe help lead something and so forth. I think it's really important that it's not tokenistic. It's not like, oh, yeah, we've got a young person here. Let's tick the box, you know. Um, You know, we're young people. We have a brain. We have experiences (laughs) as well. It may not be as many as, you know, other people, but, you know, we've got something to bring on the table. And I think it's really about, you know, asking the right questions and genuinely taking time to listen to what someone has to say um, because you might be surprised, you know, you might be surprised by what what they'll bring to the table. So I think, yeah, that's, that's something that I think is really important. And then in terms of young people ourselves, um, I think we just, we just need to stop thinking that, you know, oh, there's people who can do this better. Of course, there's always going to be people who can do this better and, and whatever, but it's like, you know, you have something to offer as well. So, you know, put your hand up and say what you think and you, you never know. But yeah, that's, that's my advice. Fabulous. Lorraine, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you. Well, I pressed stop too early or something else decided that I was done before I finished thanking Lorraine. Lorraine's got a lot of great advice, both for people who are at the start of their career and those working with young people. She helps us remember that it's important to give young people a chance and not underestimate the contribution that they can make and how important mentoring is. Did you have a mentor when you were starting out? What difference did it make? Or if not, what might it have been different for you if you had? Jan Owen talks about reverse mentoring. She says that if you're over 50 and you don't have a mentor under 30, you're crazy. I like the idea of mutual mentoring. I recognize that when I mentor others, they help me learn as well. There's a lot that we can learn from each other regardless of age, generation, or experience. For myself, having ups and downs to get to where I am in my career and as an entrepreneur and being able to help others in their journey and save them time and frustration and heartache, it's really meaningful and quite compelling. It gives my experience more meaning, especially the difficult stuff. So back to Lorraine and Useful Link. If you're a young person in Melbourne, check out the Job Ready Workshops, February 20th and 21st. You can find links in the show notes or look for Useful Link on Facebook. Otherwise, consider mentoring. If you're young, tech savvy or social media savvy and you're looking for a mentor, it may be useful for them to know what you can help them with. And it doesn't have to be one way. And it can be more satisfying that way too. Our culture is so adverse to asking for help. I've seen situations where mentors make themselves available and mentees feel bad reaching out to them to ask for help. 
I've also seen situations where mentor programs can help skill development and prevent loss of corporate knowledge when senior staff retire or leave. So what can we learn? How do you feel about asking for help? How does it feel when you contribute to others? If you're reluctant to ask for help but feel good about helping others, think about the opportunity you provide for people when you ask for help. Have you got a mentor? Can you offer to be a mentor? I saw a new program called Mentor Walks that gets people together doing mentor sessions while walking. I love that concept. I've done quite a few coaching sessions while walking, and it's a real shift in the dynamic. The energy flows in a very different way, and it can be really useful. So as we get to the end, it feels important to express my gratitude for your support. I love seeing our listener base grow. And if there's something you find valuable in Tall Poppy, you can help by giving us a review on iTunes or Stitcher, um, sharing episodes with people that you think might be interested. So like if you know someone at the start of their career or someone who's just recently finished university or looking for work, share this episode with them. If you knew someone that you think would be a great mentor, share this with them. If you have feedback about what you're hearing, share it with me. Email poppy at tathrastreet.com. I want to hear from you. I want to know what you like, what bugs you, what suggestions you have, tall poppies you know that would be great to have on the show. You can also leave a comment on the webpage, tathrastreet.com forward slash podcast. And coming up, we've got Fleecy Malay, spoken word artist, crowdfunding expert and inspiring leader, and Didier Elzinger. CEO of CultureApp, a company that's first value is have the courage to be vulnerable. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time on Tall Poppy. I'm your host, Tathra Street.